1: Welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast. I'm your host, Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof. Today's episode is going to review the past episodes in which we're going to play the Puberty Prof trivia game. To help me out, I have an incredible educator from New York. I have known this individual from when I taught a graduate class back in New York. He stood out at that point as being a passionate person to help children of all ages. His name is Aaron Coleman. And Aaron, I thank you so much for being here today. Would you like to say a hello to our audience and tell us a little bit about your background?
2: Absolutely, and uh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. My name is Aaron Coleman. I'm an athletic director and department head of arts and athletics at a middle school and a high school in Bedford-Stuyvesant, New York. I've been teaching for uh, well over a decade, and it's just exciting to, to be here and share some knowledge with you and your listeners.
1: Do you want to give a little explanation of why you believe this topic that we're going to be talking about of puberty and adolescence, why these topics are of importance to talk with children with?
2: Great question. They are so important because all of us go through them. This is something that everyone experiences and everyone experiences differently. So it's really important that we have these conversations and that the children, adolescents, their parents, and educators are on the same page about the the facts, about some things that aren't true, and that we feel comfortable about talking about these changes, uh, again, that we all experience.
1: Excellent. Thank you. Our game today, the Puberty Prof Trivia Game, is in a true-false format. Mr. Coleman, Aaron, will be answering questions as a true-false. Those of you that are used to true, false questions, that's what you answer. It's either true or false. And there's a total of 13. This is the 13th. Episode of the Puberty Prof Podcast. So every 13th episode, I'm hoping to do some kind of trivia game, in which the first one will definitely be true false. And as a side note, most of these questions are found on the Talk Puberty app. That app was created to help families sit down and have a conversation. It's a tool in which it actually helps guide conversations for parents and other caregivers with children. And there's different tabs on there for questions about most children, questions about most girls, questions about most boys, as well as open-ended questions that you can have deeper conversations regarding puberty and growing up. So if you're listening with others, we'll pause after each statement and you can both give your answer to one another, and then we'll go over the correct answer. Aaron, are you ready for number one? I am ready. Excellent. Number one, true or false? Puberty and adolescence are the same thing.
2: I am going to say false. When you're talking about puberty, we're talking about the developmental changes, and we're talking about physical changes that are happening to your body on the inside and the outside. Whereas when we're talking about adolescence, we're talking about children who are developing to adults. So there's a lot more that goes into that we're talking about you know the mind we're talking about different views we're talking about your brain so many different things so there's there's a huge difference
1: that is correct thank you You're welcome number 2 true or false the body changes that occur during puberty take about one full year to happen
2: i am going to say false unfortunately, there are a lot of kids and adults out there that think all these things happen and all these changes happen within a, a year, when really it takes two to five years. And we can't point at any particular child and say, this is going to be two years, it's going to be three, it's going to be four. It's different for everyone. Everyone experiences it differently.
1: Excellent. That is correct. And do you remember how long it took you to go through those puberty changes?
2: That is a great question. It definitely took a couple years and longer uh, than I expected. I know it was something that wasn't readily uh, discussed in my household. So as a kid, I thought it was going to happen a lot quicker, but then I noticed there were certain changes that would happen years after I first saw my first change. I was just like, wow, it's still happening. This isn't done yet. (laughs) So it, it took longer than I anticipated.
1: Thanks. Number three, true or false? Girls typically begin to experience pubertal changes before boys.
2: That is true.
1: And that's correct. Do you remember that when you were going through puberty that you saw some of your peers that were girls going through puberty before you?
2: I do remember that. I remember that I would come back uh, from summer vacation and some of my peers who were girls had developed uh, in a way that I think that was uh, surprising to to my friends and I, but also surprising to them. And then some of us would look at ourselves and say, okay, well, we're noticing physical changes in them, but we haven't gotten any taller. Our voices haven't changed. We have, We don't see any facial hair. So I do remember
1: that. I know sometimes when I do a puberty talk, I will have boys say, okay, the girls are taller than me, a lot of them. So it's, th- it's this thing that occurs in which the hormones for a lot of girls simply are released earlier than they are for boys. And typically at one point, boys will start growing and then some of them will pass the height of girls. Yes. Number four, a young person can speed up their growth during puberty.
2: the answer to this is false. And it's really important that we discuss this because growing up, I thought this was true. I wanted to grow taller. So I heard a number of people tell me if I jumped and held onto the pull-up bar, that would stretch my body out. I heard that there were certain moisturizers that I put on my face that I would wake up and I would have a mustache the next day. and within (laughs) Within a couple of days, I might have a beard. There were a number of different falsehoods that were being discussed in the locker room amongst boys on how to speed up the process, but unfortunately, you cannot speed up the process, and again, it's important that we, we always discuss that the process is different for everybody, so your friends might go through it a lot quicker. They might see changes you know, before you do, but then you could catch up real quick and overtake them. It's different for every boy and every girl.
1: Yes, and if you're wishing to grow faster, please take a breath. Please do that. There is nothing that will exist that will speed that up. And if you're considering looking at the media for some ideas, I ask, I beg, I plead, please don't put anything into your body that has not been okayed by a parent, other caregiver, including your medical professional, because we want you to have happy and healthy bodies and to grow up well. I agree. So great job, Mr. Coleman. You are four for four so far. Okay, number five. And this is in honor of Jose Arias, who is a student of mine here in Michigan. True or false? Lemons can be used as a natural deodorant for the underarm area. The
2: answer to this is true. And it's very interesting to me. I've never tried it before and I definitely want to, but the answer is true. Can you give us some a little bit more insight on that?
1: Well, how Jose explained it was his parents actually taught him and what you would do is to get a lemon and to cut it. Lemons are working with bacteria or destroying bacteria. I mean, you think about the lemon scented products we have out there. So that's one thing. And it's a more natural. If you don't like chemicals on your body, then this is something that can actually help cleanse the area and the pores in that area. I'm not sure anything further than that. The answer is true. Now, warning, if you do that, you might get some of the lemon the pulp of the lemon in your armpit area. And after it dries, you just wipe it off.
2: I think the the most important thing I, I took from what you just said was, as I like to call it, the R word, which is research. So yeah. everything that we're discussing today, you know, you don't just have to take our words for it. Please research these things. That is so very important. Growing up, I had a gentleman who ran out of his deodorant and he decided to use Febreze. That was not a good idea. Uh, He sprayed his arm under each arm, and within about a minute, it was burning his arm. And he had to run to the bathroom and wash it off because there were so many different chemicals. And his point of view was, well, it smells good, and deodorant (laughs) smells good, so why can't I spray this under my arm? And obviously, at a young age, he did not do any research. So it's really important that no matter what you hear about or learn about, there's nothing wrong with researching it or asking somebody uh, if they've ever gone through a similar instance.
1: Thank you for saying that, because you made me remember that anything you put onto your body, you should always test in the forearm area. So if you're going to put something in the armpit area or another body part that can be more sensitive, if you test it on your forearm and then wait one to two days, you'll see if you have a reaction to it. And it's better to have a rash on your forearm than other parts of your body. Also for lemons, they're acidic. So your body might not like that acidity. I don't know if it's going to, if you just shaved your armpits, if you choose to shave, if that's going to irritate. So like Aaron said, Mr. Coleman, do the research, look into that. I Did not find anything with a .org or .edu when I did try to find previously. I know .coms can come up with people saying information, so please do your research. Great job, Mr. Coleman, and you're five for five. Thank you. You're welcome. Number six, young people should shave new body hair. And as a review, a lot of young people will experience more leg hair growth, darker hair growth on their legs, their pubic area. Their underarms, it might be on their faces. So the question is the true false statement is young people should shave new body hair?
2: The answer to this is false. Shaving any body hair, whether it be on your legs or on your face, a lot needs to go into that decision. The first thing that uh, children should do is speak with their parents. This could go along, we're talking about culture. We're talking about religious background. There are a lot of different factors that go in to uh, if that is something that is done in your household is also a personal decision for you. Not to mention when we're talking about shaving, we are talking about taking a blade, so a sharp object and putting it on your body. The result of that, you could cut yourself open. There could be infections irritations, ingrown hairs, not to mention, we're not just discussing the blade. We're also discussing if you're putting on shaving gel, shaving cream, if you're putting on pre-gel, if you're allergic to any of these products, that's really big as well. I've known a lot of kids, they've got, they've received one brand new hair and they're sort of thrown back by it and they automatically either try to shave it off or rip it off. What you wanna do, number one, is speak with your parents, get their point of view. You wanna do some research, so that's the R word again, on how you feel about the topic. And then you need to make an informed decision from there. Again, I cannot stress this enough. You are taking a blade and you are putting it on your body so there could be so many results of what's going to happen. So many ramifications of what's going to happen. There are some people who shave every single day. There are other people who do not shave at all. And that is completely okay. It's about the time they took to make an informed decision.
1: I love how you raise the cultural differences that we have, because just like deodorant and antiperspirant, not all cultures support the use of these products. So they might go to more natural types of products or bathing more regularly. And regarding hair growth, some cultures want the hair there. You know, they're more supportive of it. Mr. Coleman, you were correct. That false. Mm -hmm. What new body hair you get, you do not have to shave. It's a personal decision. And like Aaron said, if you're thinking about shaving for the first time, please talk to somebody that can help you with it. A caregiver, a parent, somebody that will help you. Number seven, bigger breasts are better.
2: The answer to this question is false. It is important that we remember when we're talking about adolescence and we're talking about puberty, we're talking about health. And what's really important with health is your emotional health, which I feel ties into self-confidence. No matter how old you are or what you're thinking right now, you are beautiful. You are beautiful in your own way and you are good enough just the way you are right now at this point, which means nothing needs to change. Now, during puberty, are things going to change in your body? Absolutely. And it's important that as you grow within puberty, you're growing again as an adolescent. And so you're going from a child to an adult. So that's a mindset. So one thing that you dislike about your body today you could absolutely love tomorrow. So it's important for you to understand one of the most important things is how you feel on the inside. Is that self-confidence, that self-worth, it's you being you just the way you are and not focusing on a few physical things about your body to define you. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, they do not define you and whether you have small parts certain places or big parts the other places there are going to be a number of people who are going to respect you and love you just the way you are
1: excellent job on a future podcast there's going to be somebody talking about body image just a, a general overview of body image and children you need to love your body and remember that's a packaging loving yourself begins with your insides for sure and acceptance of who you are. Number eight, when having a period, tampons have to be used. So that would be for somebody that has a menstrual cycle. When having a period, tampons have to be used.
2: The answer to that is false. Tampons are not the only product that you could use. There are pads, there are reusable cloth pads, there are menstrual discs, there are menstrual cups. There are a wide variety of products to utilize. Again, it's all about research. So it's all about uh, speaking with your parents, hopefully speaking with your health teacher, and then making a, a personal decision on what works best for you. This also goes along with, as we decide, there are cultural differences. So your culture um, might believe in one thing that might be different from someone else's. So it's about researching and making the decision that's best for you and best for your body.
1: Excellent job. And you just reminded me, Aaron, that sometimes people will question a health educator that if they identify as male, That they're not able to talk to most girls about their bodies, what they're going through during puberty, about having a menstrual cycle. Yet, how you just explained the last couple of answers shows that it doesn't matter how you identify, as long as you're a competent and positive health educator, people can be taught about puberty. So, even though I identify as female, I can talk to boys regarding the changes they're going to have happened to their bodies. Certainly, they can also go to somebody that identifies as male. That's wonderful. But realize it doesn't matter how a teacher identifies. If we're trained, we're able to help all children.
2: I could not agree with you more. And I think this is something we've discussed before. This is why it is so important that when uh, health classes are being taught, those health classes need to include both males and females. This is how we learn. This is how we become comfortable with what we're discussing and become comfortable with our bodies. I always tell my students, um, if you're not comfortable enough to ask questions and discuss these things in, in front of other boys, in front of other girls, then when you're alone in a relationship with them, how are you going to be comfortable then raising these questions, raising you know what makes you comfortable, but also, Uh, expressing what makes you feel uncomfortable. So it's important that as many people are in that room as possible that could just represent everyone.
1: Yes, thank you. And that helps us to have relationships with our, we're dating somebody, our partners, our siblings, our parental units. If we have more understanding of what everyone is going through, we can be more empathetic. We can be more supportive. Number nine, all boys have two testicles.
2: That is false. That is false for a couple of reasons. Number one, there are certain boys who are born that might only have one testicle. Also, there are girls who are born as girls, but then decide to transition to uh being a boy being a male, which means at that point in time they don't have any testicles so in order to be a boy you do not have to have a testicle or two testicles
1: Mr. Coleman right now you're nine for nine you know your stuff
2: i I had some some great professors at Hoster University you being <laughs> one of them. So.
1: Okay, so we're going to continue. We have another four questions left. Number 10, only boys experience voice changes during puberty.
2: That is false. Both boys and girls experiences voice changes during puberty.
1: I actually experienced this when I was in fifth grade. I think it was fifth to sixth grade because my choral teacher Originally had me in one section of the chorus and then moved me because I had to change. So I thought that was interesting. That is correct. Thank you. Number 11. There is a bone in the penis.
2: That is incorrect. There is not a bone in the penis. Uh, I feel this is a myth, a myth that uh, a lot of males, but also females believe. And the reason it's a myth is because it is not discussed or always discussed in health class. This is one of the questions that I feel people are uncomfortable to ask. And for that reason, they don't have the correct answer. And they're very surprised once they receive the correct
1: answer. Nice job. Do you mind explaining if somebody has a penis and it gets erect or hard, why that actually happens?
2: It's because of the blood flow that goes to the penis. It actually goes to three chambers. So because of that blood flow, uh, the result is uh, the penis becoming erect.
1: Thank you. Number 12, it is brave to ask for help.
2: That is 100% true. Uh, That is one of the best things that you can do or that an individual can do. And I think it's important that we always mention all the the different places that they could go for help. So uh, it could be a parent. It could be a guardian. It could be a teacher. Uh, Health teachers are great. It could be a guidance counselor. Depending on how old you are and where you reside, there are a number of clinics that are designed just for uh, the youth. So just for people within an age range or between, I would say about nine to 18, uh, where they could go to ask questions and get answers. So in order to make sure that we stay healthy, it is always important that we seek health. And me being a health professional, I've been doing this for a number of years. I don't know everything. I don't know. I'm not even close to knowing everything. So uh, I I go to people like you, Professor Reichel. I go to other colleagues. I research because I think we all need help when it comes to certain things. So it is very brave to to take that step to get that help and to bear yourself as a professional, as a student, but just as a person, you know, growing up as as a healthy individual
1: yeah, we act as a team. Those of us, you know, when we're working with children, we work as a team and for children realize you can work as a team member too. You actually teach us a lot. if if you're a younger person, you're listening to this, you do teach us, and I appreciate growing because I don't know everything, like Aaron just said. Also, for our audience, I need you to understand that I met Aaron Mr. Coleman when he was in a graduate course that I taught at Hofstra. However, after he graduated, he's been teaching. I look at him as a peer. He's part of my network. He has helped me regarding helping my current students at my university. He's helped me if I've had a question about something going on in the field or just being an actual person, he's helped me. So it's neat that we've gone from this professor-student relationship to actual friends. And I appreciate you so much, Aaron. I really do.
2: The feeling is mutual. It's a blessing that I not only learned so much from you years ago in that graduate class, but that I I continue to learn a lot from you today.
1: Go team. (laughs) In which we're up to number 13. Okay. Now I put 13 in again, this is the 13th episode. I would like to have 13 true false statements here, and you've been doing really well. You're 12 for 12. I wanted to put this particular question in though, because there's actually a couple of families that are asking me to have an episode on this topic. I thought I would add it in here so a child and a parent can start the conversation regarding this topic if they're listening together. But this is for a few families asking for reference in a future episode on this topic. So number 13, touching your private body parts for pleasure causes hair to grow on your palms, and blindness?
2: The answer to this is false. And I've heard this statement a number of times throughout the years, coming from children all the way up to adults. And that's why it's so important that we uh, discuss this and that you do the research. But the answer to this is false.
1: That is correct. And congratulations, Mr. Coleman. You have received 100% on the first trivia, the Puberty Prop Trivia Activity Game on the podcast. So I appreciate you so much. Would you mind providing any advice for young people or their parents and caregivers about that are about to go through puberty or
2: are going through puberty? The advice I would like to give the young people is to number one, remember that these changes are natural and they're okay. It's going to happen. Number two, it's important to speak with someone about these changes even before you notice them happening. This is a time that could be scary and confusing. And I know growing up when I was going through puberty, it wasn't easy. And the main reason it wasn't easy is I didn't ask an adult questions. That a lot of things I just said, okay, this is just happening. Let's just go with it. As opposed to seeking out an adult to answer questions or for guidance or again, doing the research. So if you are a child, remember this is natural and it's okay to ask questions and confide in someone that you trust, whether that be a parent, guardian, teacher or health professional. For the parents out there, This is really important. Please start having these conversations with your children. I would suggest starting to have these conversations before they start going through puberty. Remember, this is going to be a, it can be a scary and confusing time for them. And you want to make sure you're there to support them, but also to answer questions. One of the things I always communicate to the parents at my school is that you would rather the students ask these questions in a setting where they feel comfortable and safe. So whether that be my classroom or at home with their parents, rather than their friends on the bus, in the locker room, or social media. At that point, it is secondhand information. So we cannot trust that the secondhand information that they're getting from one of their peers, which is the same age, is going to be true, or most importantly, safe. So it's important that you start having these conversations with your children at a young age. Now, I know this could be scary, and I just went through 13 questions, and you know I was fortunate enough to get them right. You might be thinking, well, I don't have the answers to all these questions. That is completely okay. There are a number of books out there. There are a number of pamphlets out there. Uh, There are wonderful podcasts like this one where you could learn information, but also feel free to reach out to the health teacher or the guidance counselor at your school. They could provide you with guidance on places to go, but also they could answer some of these questions as well. I want you parents to remember when you went through this period, how did you feel? Were you confused? Did you feel supported, unsupported? Are there questions that you still don't know the answers to? I want you to remember that time and then think about any way that you could make sure that the time that your child is going through this is going to be a little bit easier and where they could walk through feeling confident and knowledgeable about what's going to happen.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Aaron. And if you enjoyed the questions from today's trivia little game here, check out the Talk Puberty app. That app was created to help guide conversations. Some of the sections, you'll have a question plus a simple child-appropriate answer. And then there's an an area with open-ended questions. So check that out. If you have any comments or questions for Aaron, Mr. Coleman, feel free to go to pubertyprof.com in which you can fill out in a comment box your comments and questions, and I will share them with Aaron and we'll get back to you. Or if you have any questions for a future episode or suggestion for an episode, please go to pubertyprof.com and write it there. Aaron, Mr. Coleman, I thank you so much for being present today, being such a positive influence on children and youth
2: thank you for having me. It was my pleasure being here. This is such an important topic, uh, a wonderful topic, because that means that kids are growing, uh, which is important. And this is all a part of life growing physically and emotionally. So thank you for having me, but also thank you for putting you know, something like this to, together where not only educators can learn, but adults and children as well. So thank you for having me and hopefully uh, I'll be back.
1: Yay. That'd be great. And for our listeners out there, thank you so much for listening. Again, if you want to hear more information about a specific topic, go to pubertyprof.com. And again, thank you for listening today. I appreciate everyone, all the audience members out there, no matter what age you are. And I hope you have a happy and healthy day.